Hello, it's Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. The name of this podcast is What I Know I Don't Know. We'll start with Luke 151. He, that would be God, has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. About a month ago, our prayer team passionately interceded for two men with cancer. A week following, one of the men joyfully announced that his test results were clear. Yet the other, at the same time, sadly reported that his cancer had worsened. Well, I found myself yet again faced with the question of why God manifests his healing to some and not to others. And while I've wrestled this through this issue repeatedly, studied it extensively, and lived through it personally, it tends to require an occasional revisit, doesn't it? Especially when it reappears up close and personal in our own lives. Why has God's healing been made manifest for one person and not another? Why did the nice person's life end too early while the cruel person's life continues to destroy others? Why does our Heavenly Father delay a blessing, provision, or allowance that clearly fits his will as revealed in the Bible? Well, I believe the Lord wants us to remember today that there's a bigger picture in the frame of life. He's constantly working on the grander scale of our lives while all along we are unaware of those details. Simply stated in every season through each situation, there's always something we don't know. (laughs) I think the word of God eloquently drives home this point much better than I could. And God does it through the book of Job. Job was a righteous man, described by the Lord himself as, quote, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, end quote. Nevertheless, Job experienced a scathing slew of disasters, ultimately leading to the death of all his children and the onslaught of a hideous disease. While you and I can read the entire account of his life today and see the big picture now, Job at the time had to endure tragedy and trauma without an inkling of what was really taking place. Let me tell you a few of the things that we read today But Job did not know. One is, Satan challenged God in front of the entire heavenly host, claiming, erroneously by the way, that Job would would curse God to his face if God took away his blessings. Job knew not of this confrontation. Here's a second one. God permitted the devil to remove some blessings, but... He also put limits on how much the devil was permitted to do. Job didn't know the depth and details of God's sovereign love for him. Here's a third one. The Lord was assured from the beginning that Job would not deny him. Job was unaware of his creator's confidence in his faith. And finally, Almighty God, who is eternal and exists outside time, planned ahead of time to restore back to Job double all that he lost. Job had no idea 
of those future rewards. It's humbling to consider that this man who didn't know what we know now as we read the Bible, upon learning of the sudden destruction of his property and the loss of all his children, responded in this manner. Here it is in Job 1, verses 20 to 21. Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job worshipped. How are we responding to the situations in our lives for which we do not know the bigger picture? As if the original wave of tragedy wasn't enough, Satan challenged God again as he had the first time and a second billow of disaster came. Job was still clueless about the heavenly showdown taking place behind the scenes. He was unaware that his very name was at center stage in all the heavenlies (laughs) as countless spiritual beings in heaven watched his life unfold like a theater performance. After being stricken with painful boils all over his entire body, Job still refused to deny the Lord. Listen to this in Job 2, verses 9 to 10. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job held his tongue. Again, I ask, how are we dealing with the situations in our lives for which we do not know the big picture? Well, the book of Job reaches its crescendo in chapters 38 to 42. These are by far my favorite chapters in the entire book as they document God's responses to Job's questions. That's what we all want, right? God, help me explain this. I cannot encourage you enough to read these chapters on your own and to do so regularly. They are as much God's answers to our questions as they were to Job's. And let me give you a little tip. These verses are especially effective for teenagers to read. I don't think I need to explain why. (laughs) So following is a short section of these scriptures from these powerful chapters. I'm going to read some of the verses. I've pulled some out from these four chapters. Just sink into the word of God As I read it to you, it is for each of us today, and his word gives great freedom. So I'll start now and say a chunk of these verses. You ready? Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. 
I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Have you entered the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light? And darkness, where is its place that you may take it to its territory, that you may know the paths to its home? Do you know it because you were born then? Or because the number of your days is great? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you send out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. After Job's initial response here in chapter 40, God's loving yet firm questions continue for two more full chapters. (laughs) When the Lord concludes, Job answers with finality in genuine humility once again. Let me read to you his reply. And I pray that this be the sincere, contrite cry of our hearts as well. This is what Job said in chapter 42, verses 2 to 6. Speaking to the Lord, he said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Let me leave with you a challenge. (laughs) One thing I'm sure I know (laughs) is that there is more I don't know than I do know. Let me take this topic to a more intimate level, if I may. Since we cannot answer God's questions in Job, and since it's painfully evident there are countless things occurring behind the heavenly curtain of our own lives, then it's safe to conclude that in every single situation and every delicate detail of our lives, there will always be something we do not know. Yes? Well, this is what I mean 
Let's give some examples. You don't know what people are thinking when they pass by you without smiling or saying hello. You don't know what the employees had to deal with at home before they arrived to work grumpy. You don't know the wounds that people carry and wear on their faces as you take offense to their manner of speaking. You don't know if that man driving the other car saw you before he pulled out in front of you. (laughs) But if you're absolutely sure he saw you, no matter how much you're convinced, you can't be 100% sure he was actually trying to make you angry. (laughs) Listen, at the end of the day, we simply do not know the depths of another person's heart, intentions, desires, memories, feelings, or hurts. If we take a moment to examine our own souls, we'd know those depths run deep, wouldn't we? So where do we go from here? How do we live with this reality? <laughs> well, I put together a few steps that I like to follow. The verses that, the verses that they are based on are in Psalm 139, Psalm 51, 1 John 1, and James 4. Let me just go through these with you. Step one, this is what I suggest. Reread a section of the verses that I just quoted and any others in Job chapters 38 to 42. That's got to be step one. By nature, we humans are embarrassingly prideful. (laughs) These verses especially have a way of knocking some sense into us. Step two, invite the Lord to search your heart. Ask him if you've been operating on an assumption based on things you don't know. I'll give you a little hint. The answer is often yes. Number three, admit to God, preferably out loud. It does make a difference. Admit to him your fault in assuming some things. Luke 151, as I began this podcast, says that God will scatter the proud in the imaginations of the heart. Something tells me it won't end well if we continue to act on our own heart's imaginations of what others' intentions were. (laughs) Take that daring step to call such arrogance what it is. It's sin. (laughs) But now hang in there with me, please. I'm just as fallen as anyone else. I'm definitely not pointing any fingers. I can confidently guarantee, not only from personal experience with all this, but also on the authority of God's word, that these steps I'm going through are very freeing permanently freeing. Number four, now do what Jesus says to do with sin. Now that you've acknowledged it, confess it before the Lord and called it what it is, do with sin what Jesus tells us to do. Flee from it. Be disgusted by it. Fear the Lord more than people. Submit to God and resist the devil. Then stop hugging that sin by confessing it to the Lord, receiving his forgiveness and trusting in his purification, leave it at his feet. Number five, repent. We repent by resisting future assumptions and by refusing to repeat the detrimental cycle. And finally, number six, walk in release and deliverance. Now, we may need to do this several times, and if so, that's okay. Persevere, for soon thereafter, you will suddenly realize you're at peace with not having to know it all. (laughs) 
And would you like to know something else? At some point succeeding these steps, we find ourselves no longer tugged or triggered by that person's expressions or comments or actions or perceived thoughts. We even discover that our hearts have been opened by the Holy Spirit to willingly and yes, even joyfully pray for that person's freedom as well. Check this out in Job 42, verses 7 to 12. At the very end of the whole book of Job, we learn that it was after Job prayed for his friends, friends who had misjudged him, who had spoken out of turn, and who had provided misguided counsel. It was after he prayed for those friends that the Lord restored to him double. He gave him back double what he lost. Double blessings await us as well. And they often come after we pray for others, especially those who have truly wronged us. So let's press on. Let's endure. Let's thrive, fellow Christians. (laughs) Let's continue to pray without needing to know the specific outcome. Let's continue to serve without needing to know the type of impact we'll have. Let's continue to love without needing to know the exact reciprocation. Yes, let's soak in that strange sense of gratitude and comfort that comes when we're living at peace with not knowing everything and when we're choosing to trust in the one who does. Let me finish with Romans 11, verses 33 to 36. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given it to him and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen.